new gopher commit Kyler Ba, plus we're going to talk about Tanner Morgan and a little bit of analysis on what he did in 2019 and his past seasons and how he can improve. And then finally, we're touching on two big gophers basketball, women's basketball updates over this past week. That and more here on Locked on Golden Gophers. Locked on Golden Gophers, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb. I'm the host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator, as well as recruiting assistant. Now I'm here with the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast, bringing you the latest on Golden Gopher sports. Today, we're going to dive into various amount of things, but first I want to say check out the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, you name it, find it at Lockdown Golden Gophers and be sure to follow. Speaking of follow, make sure to subscribe. We are started up over on YouTube recently. You can check all of our last week's episodes there and all of our remaining episodes that we do moving forward will be at YouTube. Feel free to comment. Feel free to give us ideas on what you'd like to hear about, questions that you want answered. I'll answer those in the mailbag. So be sure to drop some, subscribe to that, drop some comments in the comment section below. We're going to get this thing rolling. I absolutely love the Gopher fan and the Gopher fan base. And this is the show where we always continue to row. No matter we're rowing high or rowing low, we're going to get through the good and the bad together here at the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. So today we have some good news. We have a new commit from Houston Baptist from the transfer portal, and that is Kyler Ba. He's a defensive tackle, and he was productive. I mean, he was really productive at the FCS level, so it's exciting to bring him in and get him started. We were his only Power 5 offer, though he had multiple division one FBS offers out there. Glad to have him joining the crew and rowing along with us. So let's talk about him a little bit. So new commit Kyler Baugh, as I said, he fills the space left by the previous transfer commit that we had in Chris Smith, who decommitted and went to Notre Dame. So we have another rotational depth piece at that defensive tackle position which the Gophers could really use. I mean, we have some good starters there, and we have some really young depth, but it does help to have more of a veteran presence joining the team, especially when we had the intention of Christmas, Chris Smith joining the team as well. So a little bit about Kyler Ba. He's six foot three, 300 pounds. He has three years of eligibility left technically, but one of those would be he can still use a redshirt season. So if an injury were to come up or if the Gophers choose to let him learn the system this year and really redshirt him this entire year so he can use the next two years to really dive in, those are options on the table. Now, over the course of his time at Houston Baptist, he had 104 tackles five sacks, 
And that was during his three years of playing time. Now, likely, I believe he's going to be a rotational defensive tackle, an interior defensive lineman. And there's a chance that he could redshirt this season, as I had mentioned, if it if he needs to learn the system more. I mean, he's a bit behind the curve right now because he wasn't able to join spring in the spring program. So he will be coming in in the fall camp. And so it could very likely be that we use a redshirt season next season, let him really get incorporated and wrap around the system and the knowledge that it needs to play in it. Or if he catches on really kick during the training camp, really quick during the training camp and everything's going smoothly and he can work in the rotation right away, then you can always hold that just in case the unfortunate circumstance of an injury were to come into play but he does have at least two years of playing on the field left in eligibility. Now, he had 41 tackles in his true freshman season, so he was an immediate impact player, especially as an interior defensive lineman. I mean, they're not 100% known to stack up and rack up on the tackles. I, I guess you can get a decent amount if you're consistently making the tackles in the run game, but that means you're shedding blocks pretty quickly to get those tackles, which is a positive. So you love to see it again in last year, he had 52 tackles. So, I mean, this is a high tackle numbers, especially for an interior defensive lineman. As I said, it's really promising. It's really productive. And that's something you really like to see. Now, what I think he does for the Gophers is that he brings interior presence and it adds to the presence that we have with Trill Carter and Darnell Jeffries, who are likely going to see a vast majority of the minutes this season at the interior lineman position. I also wouldn't be shocked if we saw young guys like Devin Eastern, who gets a shot in the rotation as well. So he could be a really nice rotational piece with those guys. And like I said, he has two years left. So there's a lot of wiggle room, a lot of room to work with, but we're building up that defensive presence. And that's what you love to see. We're coming off of a defensive unit that was a top five unit in the country, top 10 if you want to look at every angle. But overall, they were one of the best defenses in the country. And we're hoping to continue that presence and that dominance on the defensive side of ball. So really stacking up on interior presence and guys that can be productive in stopping the run, shedding blocks, and really controlling that interior so that way our edge rushers can get to the quarterback and get the pass rush going. You love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. And the Gophers are stacking up with quality DBs as well. I mean, I am extremely excited. I'm really looking forward to the spring game, which is going to be a, this weekend. It's this weekend, folks. It is coming up rapidly, rapidly approaching. Lots to be on the lookout for. As soon as those rosters drop, we'll probably do a roster breakdown um, as far as looking at the two sides, if they do it like they did last season where they had kind of the team captains draft their teams. So that'll be really interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. But overall, extremely excited to have Kyler Ba join the Golden Gophers. Welcome to the squad. Sky Yuma. Let's row this boat. We're excited for you. And 
Gopher Nation will welcome you with open arms. So great news on the Kyler Baugh front. We're not done talking about football today, as I would like to talk a little bit about our quarterback, who is in his final year of eligibility, Tanner Morgan. We're going to take a little bit of a look at what he did in the past, where he saw his success, where he struggled a bit, and maybe what to look forward to in this 2022 season. That's coming up next. First, I want to talk to you. What do I want to talk to you about? I want to talk to you about our friends over at Built Bar. See, Built Bar is this delicious protein bar, and you don't get to say that too often and actually mean it, but Built Bar, it tastes great, and that's one of the things that they like to focus on is how delicious it is. Now, let me read to you a little bit of the flavors that they have options-wise. They, they have interesting flavors, but they're great flavors. I mean, you got mint brownie. That's my personal favorite. It tastes like a Girl Scout Thin Mint cookie. Then you have coconut almond. You have white chocolate cookies and cream. And then they also have their Puffs brand, which is chocolate-covered marshmallow. Yeah, that's right. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. So what are you doing? What are you waiting for? And not only do you need to hurry up and go try these because they're delicious, but they're relatively good for you compared to other protein bars or even especially candy bars. You can replace your candy bars with these just based on how great they taste, along with the fact of they're only 130 calories with four grams of net carbs, four grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. I typically take it after my workout. And so if that's something that interests you, what are you waiting for? Head over to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, go over to built.com and use promo code LOCKED1515 so you can get 15% off your order at built.com. That's not all. I mean, I've been on a health kick lately. I've been trying to get in shape for my wedding coming up, trying to feel better about myself, not only when I look in the mirror, but internally with my gut health, getting enough sleep, giving myself natural energy. And to do that, I go with a product known as Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a phenomenal product that's paleo-friendly, keto-friendly, vegan-friendly, dairy allergy friendly, gluten free. I mean, they're welcoming to all lifestyles, no matter what your preference is. Now, like I said, it's good for you. It's friendly to all lifestyles, but it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's better for you and cheaper than going down the street to Starbucks to get your coffee or get some energy and then you end up throwing in a little croissant or a bagel you know they always wrap you in with that extra stuff well you don't need to do that with this all you need is one scoop of athletic greens into a glass of water that's it you mix it up you take it and you got that fill for the day i mean it's it's absolutely 
a great way to start the day. Now, I said before that I would take my protein bar after my workout, but I typically take this right away when I get up in the morning before a workout. It gets me going. It gets me energized. It keeps me just balanced. I feel a lot more balanced and zen when it comes to taking athletic greens. And if you don't trust my word for it, which come on, why wouldn't you? I mean, we're building a great relationship here. You've come to listen to the podcast. I haven't steered you wrong. And so, but don't just take my word for it. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So they're recommended not only by the people and the consensus and the masses, but also recommended by professional athletes. So be sure to check out Athletic Greens. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. That's right, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash college. And again, that's athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Check it out. So thank you so much again for making Locked On Golden Golfers your first listen. I truly appreciate it. We're building something special over here. And like I've said dozens of times, the Gophers fans are some of the most underrated fans, but some of the most loyal fans out there. You know it, I know it, and we're going to continue to show it to the rest of the Big Ten Conference, to the College Sports World Conference, and to fans in general. But after you're done listening to this podcast, head on over for the first time ever to Locked On Drafts podcast. Because right now we are doing, Locked On is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with a pick-by-pick analysis from our local team and experts and draft gurus. You can tune in live all three days of the draft and our guides are going to walk you through a pick-by-pick analysis, every pick, every trade in real time. It all starts on Thursday, April 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern, available on the Locked On NFL on YouTube and on the Audacity app. So be sure to check that out. But as I said, we are talking about our QB1 for the 2022 season. And that is none other than the one that you may know, well, you all know, but you may love, you may be sick of. Personally, I'm I'm hoping that he has and finds the success that we saw in 2019. I'm pulling for him regardless. I mean, I'm always going to pull for the guys that are dressing up for the maroon and gold. So that's none other than Tanner Morgan. He's been our QB1 for the past, feels like forever to many fans. But we're going to support our guy. We're going to stand by him, and he's going to help us this season in our successes. Now, in 2019, Tanner Morgan saw the country's seventh highest passer rating grade, which was an 89.1. So he was extremely highly regarded when it came to passing the football in 2019. We all know this. We all embraced that season 11 and 2, 
lots of winning, lots of passing, still a really effective run game, high-flying, school record setting in multiple areas. I know you know what I'm talking about. I know you remember the days like they were yesterday. I mean, in terms of football legacy, it basically was yesterday, but we're going to get back to those days, and I think that starts this year. Now, like I said, he was one of the most effective and best passer ratings in 2019, but he had a massive drop-off in 2020 where his passer rating was a 69.2. And then the next season, which would be last year, it jumped back up to 75.7 in 2021. So he's kind of been all over the board, had a really successful year, had a not-so-great year, and then had a middling slightly above average year. Now, the improvements were there last year, and now he's paired in the system that he played with with the same offensive coordinator that we saw in 2019. Now, I know that doesn't guarantee success, but it brings hope. It brings possibility, and we've seen him in it before. So it's promising. Now, everything isn't going to be the same. Again, I've mentioned this in previous episodes. It's not copy paste but i do believe that if we analyze even the successes of last season and where he struggled and where he found success i'm guessing we can start to pick and look into what kirk soroka is going to try and emphasize and strengthen this next season areas where we might find a lot of our route tree for our wide receivers going to so let's look at that a little bit. Now, the main issue for Tanner Morgan has been his decision-making and accuracy when under pressure. When he has the time, he's relatively good at making the right decisions and not turning the ball over. But when he has a heavy pressure, that's when things start to go haywire. And maybe he'll force something or he'll throw into a read that isn't there. And it's not like he's anticipating that it'll be there, but it's more so a panic. So it's really just understanding where his strengths lie when it comes to being under pressure and do we have an outlet where his first look would normally be, where his strength zones are. So if his strength zone is short center, then how do we get someone in that vicinity when on most route concepts, when they randomly bring a blitz we didn't anticipate. At least he'll know where to look to for a dump off. So let's take a look at it all. Now, completion percentage outside of 2019 has been under 60% in his entire career. In 2019, he showed the flash of what really got NFL scouts interested, which was 66% completion percentage. He was accurate. He was throwing money balls. He was dead on. And then all the other seasons so far, under 60. It's concerning. And that part of that is due to not having as many pass attempts in all of those other seasons. So a lower volume means if you find a little less success on lower volume, it's going to stand out more and have a heavier weight on a lower number, essentially. And whereas in 2019, we passed a lot more, it was a higher volume, and he completed passes at a better rate, more efficiently. 
So how do we get to that? Well, hopefully, if we take a look at some of his strengths and his his strength zones as far as distributing the ball on the field, then maybe, just maybe, we'll see what Kirk Soraka is trying to instill or will try to instill this upcoming season to make him feel more comfortable, at least early on, get his groove going, and then maybe once we hit midseason, it's full 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 go full send we're um running running high flying high and it starts to click it starts to come more naturally so we'll really have to take a look and see what that's like but let's take a look at the numbers so like i said he had uh, that one season of 66 percent, and everything else has been lower so that makes you think maybe in 2019 was he just dinking and dunking he was having more a better pass completion because he is throwing shorter, but that's actually not the case because he was actually seeing the most yards per attempt and most adjusted yards per attempt in his career thus far, which is at 10.2 for yards per attempt and 11.1 for adjusted yards per attempt. But those numbers over the past two seasons have only been in like the seven yards per attempt which is vastly different. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. So dinking and dunking isn't, hasn't been his best strength. And three of his strongest zones, pass zones even, were actually, two of the three were deeper shots. In fact, deep left, so passing deep to the left, and when I say deep, I mean 20 yards or greater. So passing 20 yards or greater to the left, he had an 83% or 83 passer rating. Passing deep center, he had a 91.2 passer rating. And then his third best was short center, which was an 89.6 passer rating. On top of that, he saw a lot of his touchdowns within the deep center and the deep left, as well as a couple touchdowns in the intermediate center too. A lot of that success we'll find starts to lean towards the center of the field which is interesting. Now, like I said, those are his kind of strength zones, but his worst areas were passing to the right. So deep right was by far his worst zone where he had a 48 passer rating and he had three interceptions in that zone alone. Now he also had three interceptions in the intermediate center as well. So, and this is just looking at last year. So of his, I believe, nine interceptions last year, six of them were in those two zones alone. So that'll help offensive coordinator Kirk Soraka really dive into where he's finding success, where he's finding weaknesses, and in those weakness spots, what is causing him? What is causing him the issues? What is is leading him into those turnovers, into those bad decisions? And one thing that really stood out, and I kind of briefly mentioned there, was that his strongest area at each level. So if you're looking at levels, short would be considered zero to nine yards. Intermediate or medium would be uh, 10 to 19 yards, and then deep would be 20 plus. So at each deep, intermediate, and short, Tanner saw his best passing passer ratings in the center of the field. 
in all three categories, all three areas of the field. It was always in the center. So don't be surprised to see this, the inside slot receiver, the tight end, even the running back coming across the middle more often because it seems to be an area where he really keeps his focus and his strength. Now, he, he actually tends not to pass to the left too often, but when he does pass to the left, which if you think about it, he's a right-handed quarterback, so he's probably not coming across his body too often, but on top of that, he does find good success when he goes to the left. It's not as successful as the center for him, but to the left, he still finds success. It's actually going right where he has the most issues. So that'll be really interesting to see how Kirk Soraka incorporates that. And I think that you will start to see that in the route concepts. Now, I'm not saying he's never going to have routes go to the right. That's just foolish, but it's something to keep an eye on. So that's what we're looking at with Tanner Morgan today. It's just a quick tidbit, a little bit of deep dive analysis, something we can look into more in the season as we go, and a little bit of football news for you. Now, to close the show, our last segment, we're going to be talking about women's basketball here in Minnesota, and I'm really looking forward to touching that. That's coming up next. But before we get to that, we need to, not want to, need to, and want to, of course, talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. The draft, as I said, is coming up this week. Are you looking to place some bets on the draft? Then you need to head over to Bet Online. See, they can give you the numbers and the trends in action on who's most likely to be the first round pick, first pick of the first round. They also have odds on who's going to be the first offensive lineman off the board. A lot of people were thinking it's Evan Neal. Does he have the highest, the best betting percentage, best betting numbers on that? You'll have to head over to Bet Online to check it out. See, if you want to figure out the trends and actions, and finding out your sports wagering information, you need to head over to Bet Online. Not only do they have the NFL draft, they have NHL, they have MLB, which just kicked off, and the NBA playoffs are all over there. If that's not for you, they have esports, they have live betting, they have they have casino games and like online that you can play. They have everything you need right over there at Bet Online. So definitely give it a look. Go check it out. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Now, like I said, we're wrapping up today's show with women's basketball. And we truly, truly, absolutely need to talk women's basketball more. I know it wasn't talked about on the podcast as much with the host prior to me, but I want to make sure to incorporate it because not only do is women's sports growing and they need to be covered more, but like Minnesota is a basketball town and we've proven that with the NCAA final four and the women's final four this season selling out women's basketball is great. And it's honestly way more fundamental than men's basketball. So if you actually have a love for the game and the art form of basketball, 
you need to check out women's sports, women's basketball in particular. But check out all women's sports. The Gophers hockey for women's, great team. The women's gymnastics program at the Gophers, killing the game. So be sure to support them. Be sure to give that love and show that love. But let's talk about the two big things in Minnesota basketball for the women coming up. The first was it was announced that Minneapolis is going to host the 2023 and 2024 Women's Big Ten Tournaments. Now that is phenomenal, but not only that, we'll also get to host the Men's Basketball Tournament in 2024. Now why is this big? Because it's major for a town that is being more and more widely recognized as a basketball town, a basketball city. It's constantly the past months, especially, being recognized and called to attention. I mean, like I said, the women's basketball Final Four sold out here in Minneapolis. And it was a phenomenal environment. People had a great experience. It was, it was a great atmosphere. Not only that, now the Timberwolves, who are making the playoffs and making a little bit of noise in this first round, the environment, the atmosphere has been spoken about on all of the home game broadcasts, the Clippers game, as well as the two Grizzly games. The fans, the energy, it's vibrant, it's electrifying, and this is a basketball town. So the fact that the Big Ten tournaments are coming here is exciting. But not only that, but think about the state of our two basketball programs. They're on the rise. We see the excitement for the men's program with Dawson Garcia and Jameson Battle and Talon Cooper, and the list goes on. Those guys should be here in 2024. It might be even the last season for some of those guys. We could give them a hometown local advantage. You know what I'm saying? This is awesome for a team that hasn't won the Big Ten tournament, if I recall. So it's exciting. It's great. And the, the women's program, yes, we lost a lot of transfers, but we also have one of our best recruiting classes coming in. They're on the rise. They're on the mend, and there will be more transfers coming in. And speaking of transfers, that's the second part of what I wanted to talk to you today before we wrap the show up. The women's program, on the same day Dawson Garcia was announced, also brought in a transfer, and that's Destiny Oberg. Now, she didn't get enough love and she didn't get enough attention, but she should have because it was a big get for us. It's our first transfer we brought in. It's our first player that we've gotten from the portal after losing seven. And I think she's going to make an impact. Now, Destiny was originally from Burnsville, Minnesota. She was named the number six post player in the nation when she was a recruit in 2019 and the number 38 overall recruit. On top of that, in high school, she averaged 16.6 points and 9.9 rebounds per game with two assists, two and a half assists, excuse me. She has two years of eligibility left and the things that scouts and even in her Arkansas, where she played formerly, the Arkansas Razorbacks, even on their team profile, the things that stood out for her was that she has nimble footwork, she's good at starting in the transition game, and she has a defensive presence. Now, as we're seeing, defense, defense, defense. Defense wins games. Defense wins championships. 
a lot of the recruits we have coming in freshman wise all had defensive stalwart ability, which was something I stressed and was encouraged by. We're doing that with our transfers as well. You love to see it. Now, she hasn't been given a lot of opportunity in her time with Arkansas, which was surprising to me because she had some really solid games when she was given the time. She had a double-double this past season with 10 points and 10 rebounds in only 17 minutes. That's that's cleaning up quick in only 17 minutes. And then she followed that up with 10 points and 5 rebounds in the next game with 23 minutes. So when given the time, she's shown she can find success. And she's going to be the biggest player as far as height on the team. She's six foot three. She brings the height and the size that we need to the program. Now, I think here in Minnesota, she could see a much larger opportunity. But at the very worst, if if she doesn't reach max opportunity and really take that next leap, which we've seen she she has the ability to do. Look at her high school numbers. Look at the brief numbers that she's gotten good minutes in. She can thrive. But if she doesn't take that trajectory and that leap, I still think that she'll at least see a role similar to Kayla Mershon, who saw between 10 minutes a game and 20 minutes a game over her four years with the Gophers. Had some production gave valuable minutes and valuable size. So I'm really excited for Destiny to come to the Gopher program. Be sure to check her out on all of her socials and root her on next season with the Golden Gophers. That's going to do it for us today here at the Lockdown Golden Gophers. I'm Kane Robb. Please check us out wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star review. But most importantly, subscribe on YouTube. Go over to YouTube and check it out. And we have a competition for a free mini helmet giveaway going on on our Twitter right now. It's pinned to the page. So go to at LO Golden Gophers, check it out, see how you can win a free alternate mini gopher football helmet. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you tomorrow.